entrepreneurship is great, but can also seem overwhelming. Wouldn't you like to know the pros, opportunities, and problems with different business and investment strategies before you jump in? Well then, welcome to Entrepreneurship Exposed. Welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurship Exposed. Now, I li- listen, I, I say this every time at the beginning, but once, once that theme music is playing, I get lost and I forget that we're about to start. <laughs> so I got to keep, you know, keep my bearings straight. But we are here again for another episode where we're going to explore the world of entrepreneurship, right? And I'm not just giving y'all the glitzy and the, the glamour, right? And, you know, driving the Lamborghinis and having all these trips and having fun because there are challenges that you face too. And that's what we discuss here on Entrepreneurship Exposed. Today, another special day <laughs> because I have one of my attorneys who should also be your attorney, who's going to tell us the truth. She's going to expose being an entrepreneur and not having an an attorney, what that really is like. So welcome, everybody. Welcome our guest today, Rosetta Upshaw. Let's go. How are you, Rosetta? Welcome. Bees, I am great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We always have the best conversation. So it's about time that we have it publicly and share with everybody. So thanks for having me. For everybody Mm -hmm. out there, my name is Rosetta Upshaw. I am an award-winning attorney. I've been practicing law for over 10 years, and my focus is business law. So I work with amazing entrepreneurs like these amazing businesses that are emerging, help them do so properly, protect their profits, own their intellectual property, and negotiate and navigate their business journey a lot smoother than I've seen people do without an attorney. So I'm really, really happy to play that supportive role and really help my clients win. So true. And such an important role. What you do is amazing. And and I've always not liked attorneys in the past. (laughs) I'm going to tell you the truth for a variety of reasons. I just didn't like them. And I was like, oh man, I don't want to deal with no attorney. I got served with something the other day, which is just, you know, nothing major. But when you read the terminology that's used, I swear my life is over. It's like, you are in violation and subject to this and, and all types of stuff. I'm like, wait, what's this? What's going on? They were like, oh no, you just needed to file something. But you sent a whole, you served me like I was supposed to be a witness in a, you know, a murder trial or something. Like what's going on? So, you know, finding a great attorney like yourself has been a blessing. But before we continue, I'm not being charged for this hour, right? There's not an attorney. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure, right? You know, attorneys, y'all got, hey, I need to start making money like attorneys make too. Y'all be, you know, charging them hourly rates be crazy, but it's good. <laughs> but so let's, let's start with that, right? You, you mentioned how pe- you, you help people to start off right. And especially in our community, people have a hard time structuring their business like a real business, much less even going to uh, uh, hire an attorney. How have you been able to handle that? Like, wh- how do you um, help convince people and, and not even convince them, let them understand that they need to have you up front from the beginning? Yeah. So it is really, really imperative that people feel comfortable speaking with an attorney. So one of my missions is to put a friendly face to the law, because again, just like you said, people 
often have a negative connotation when they think attorneys, they think law, they're thinking criminal law, they're thinking prison, they're thinking, you know, huge bills and just bad interactions. But I like to explain to people that when you hire an attorney on the front end, it's a much more positive experience and they're helping you navigate and be strategic in your business so that you don't have to, you know, hire an, an attorney for a lawsuit, hopefully in the future. So part of what I talk to my clients about is my other successful clients. That's one of the things I think people miss out when they try to cut corners by not hiring an accountant, not hiring a lawyer, not hiring those professionals in your business because you think, oh, I don't really need it or, oh, I can't really afford it. But what happens is people like me who work with dozens and dozens of six, seven, eight figure entrepreneurs and businesses, we... We know the sauce, right? We know <laughs> what it looks like to get to that point. We've seen our clients, you know, start from the bottom, make it to the top, right? We know what steps, you know, are strategic and can really help mold the client and get them to where they want to be. So thinking like, oh, I'm going to save, you know, $500, $1,000 and do my LLC myself. That's fine. Right. I want clients to feel empowered to, you know, be able to do some of the straightforward foundational things. But just understand that when you tap into an attorney, especially a good attorney like me, we're not just doing, you know, the paperwork with you. We're building a relationship. My goal is always to level up my clients. I call myself the level up lawyer and I take it seriously. I'm bringing my clients business. Half the time I'm patronizing my clients' businesses. Like I really develop a long-term relationship and I expect to, you know, help them get to whatever their goals are, be that, you know, time freedom, financial freedom, big collaborations, big brand partnerships. I'm out there pitching my clients. Because again, good attorneys, they know other attorneys. So I know the attorneys who work for, you know, major entertainment um, entities like NBC, ABC, Fox. I know attorneys that work for big brands, right, mm -hmm. that my clients want to be connected to. So when I'm talking to those attorneys, I'm talking about my clients. I'm, I'm speaking their name like, hey, I got this amazing client doing this. This might be aligned with your brand. Talk to your people. See if they want to. Right. So it's like you might have saved five hundred dollars by doing your LLC yourself, but you're not in the ecosystem of mm -hmm. professionals who have the relationships and the abilities to help you level up. Oh, I love that. My, I have these four pillars of success, right? And the first one is networking. The second one is you have to leave some people behind, right? Not everybody on the same journey with you. The third is that you have to buy seats at tables, whether it's a mentorship, a, a business conference, you have to buy seats and get into rooms that you need to be at. And then the fourth is that you have to, uh, while doing all of those things, build your own table, right? And basically what you just said kind of covers the, the, the entire gamut because, you know, all about networking and you get in and start building that relationship with a, an attorney, that attorney is going to like yourself is making connections for you too. Yeah. Right. So I, I love that. Then leaving some people behind. I mean, that doesn't really fit, but it kind of does. Right? We leave the bad attorneys behind and the bad, the bad situations behind, but then buying seats at tables by paying for my attorney, I'm buying a seat at the table that the attorney is going to help me to expand on and then building your own uh, table as well, because I'm a perfect example of someone who I'm your client, but at the same time, we've started to work on other things, 
right? So I, I love seeing that. And, you know, you're, you're definitely doing an amazing job at changing mine and many other people's perception of attorneys. But, but how did you get, how did you choose? And correct me if I'm wrong, right? And I don't know nothing about attorneys. <laughs> when you decided to go to law school and be an attorney, when did you decide to be entrepreneurship attorney, a business attorney, you know, a corporate attorney? When did you decide that that's the track you wanted to go down? Well, I'll say when I was in college, I went to UC Berkeley undergrad and I volunteered in some of the legal clinics they had on campus. And so I got to see that, you know, I felt like it was a good fit for my personality. And I really enjoyed, you know, using my mind to be strategic and help people. People come in with, like you said, they feel like, oh my God, this is a huge issue. And, you know, I can simplify it, clarify it and help them navigate and, you know, relieve this big burden off their shoulders. And they feel great. I feel great. It's a win-win. So in law school, you know, most law schools, they don't have you, you're not forced to specialize like college, right? You don't necessarily have a major. So for me, coming from a family of entrepreneurs, that was always in the background coming from, you know, uh, a music background. I'm a bassist. Uh, Entertainment law was always, you know, kind of on my mind. So just really understanding how powerful entrepreneurship is because I lived with a lot of time freedom. And, you know, that's really big in my family. People who know me, they know my dad is my best friend. You know, I just got the phone with him, like, literally before (laughs) I hopped on this session. And now that I'm an adult, I recognize that it's the time freedom. We're best friends because we spend a lot of time together. We spend a lot of time together because he had that time, freedom, that flexibility from being an entrepreneur, from my grandfather being an entrepreneur. And so it's really impactful on our family. It's really impactful on our relationship. So it's more than just, oh, you know, you live in a nice house, you drive a nice car, you have money. It really plays a huge role in how you get to raise your children, how you get to show up as a parent, how you get to show up in your community. Like, do you have time to be a, a PTA mom if that's what you want to be? Right. If you're working, you know, nine to five, two jobs, hustling and you don't have that flexibility, you oftentimes miss out on having a a much stronger bond with your own children and your own family. So for me, recognizing how important that is to me, like I love my family. So I love to see people who have the talents and the ambitions to be entrepreneurs. So again, I'm happy to play that supporting role. My very first client in 2011, when I graduated from USC law school was a young entrepreneur. He wanted help with his trademarks and owning his intellectual property. And that's where I started. There we go. And on top of that, you understand entrepreneurs because you yourself, you are an entrepreneur. Right. And you're, you not only as an attorney, because an att- is that a natural progression, though? Like, you you know, you start off working in other law firms in order to, you know, get experience. But I, it seems like almost every attorney I know eventually got their own law firm. Right. You know, I love to see it. I encourage people to do it. Every attorney that I speak to, I, you know, drop that in their ear and try to encourage them to start their own law firm and, you know, collaborate with other attorneys in an ownership capacity because you recognize that the education you have, the skills you have, you know, the relationships you have, you can use all those things and keep the money in house versus, you know, letting that go out to another company, which is a law firm. So again, attorneys are smart. You start to see, you start to do the math really quickly. If they're paying me, you know, 150, 250, 350, 
how much do they have to be making off me? And one thing I'll tell you that I think people don't realize, attorneys get paid a lot, but they get worked a lot. So mm-hmm. you may be making $400,000 a year, but you probably don't have a lot of time freedom. You probably are not relaxing. I have friends, we go on trips, we go to Miami, we pull up in mm-hmm. Florida. They have their laptop on the beach. They are mm-hmm. still working because they're in you know, a large law firm, a large corporate law firm, again, making a lot of money. It's good money, but you're working all the time. So I think a lot of lawyers say, you know what? I can make a good living for myself, I can, you know, make a lot of money working for a company, but depending on how they want to structure their lives, it it becomes very clear that you can do well on your own. So I'm really excited when I see attorneys start their own firm. And it was a 10 year journey for me. I started my law firm after practicing for 10 years. So I, I love to see attorneys doing it as soon as possible. After practicing for 10 years, you started. Oh, OK, OK. I was like 2011. And 10 years before that and then 10 years, but you can't be that old. But no, <laughs> I'm there trying to calculate it. <laughs> but um, I, I know you can't drop any names because, you know, client, attorney, privilege, all that stuff. But could you give the a profile of like some of your biggest clients? Like you worked with people in the movie, like actors in Hollywood that are making on, you know, blockbuster multi-million dollar movies or whatever it may be. Can you give that type of insight for us? Sure. I have worked with major comedians who have specials on Netflix right now. Um, like, you know. is, it, is it him? Is it him? Is it her? <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it's, it's really, really important just to make sure I have the impact. That's what's more important. Like I can drop names all day, but understanding, you know, the appreciation, the thanks, the the life altering impact that my clients have, you know, told me that I've helped them with the hugs, you know, the love people who are like, I will do anything for you. You changed my life. That's what really stands out for me, because a lot of times we're it's seven, eight figures on the table. And, you know, people are coming to me, trusting me with these deals. Right. So it's it's not necessarily that they're a celebrity or a big name, but that this is a really important part of their life. This is a pivotal moment, right? For them, their their families, their children, their legacy. And just that they're trusting me with that feels, you know, so amazing for me. And so that's that's what gets me up in the morning. Because as you know, I'm in California. A lot of my <laughs> clients are in Florida, in Georgia, in New York, in Eastern Standard Time. Some of y'all call me really early in the morning, <laughs> right? And I'm like, what is going on? I rolled out of bed, half sleep. But then when you're like, oh, this is a you know, $2 million deal. Can you help me? I'm like, okay, I'm up. I Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. So and you got to be passionate about what you do then, right? So I love that. And now, normally I do this segment a little bit later, but I think we're going to start it right now because I, I think we're going to break down a lot more out of this segment. So now it's time to pop, pop the world of law. As an entrepreneur, what are you missing if you're not tapped in with your lawyers, if you're not focused on the law and comp- you know being compliant? Let's really dig into this, right? So first thing I'm going to ask you in pop is what are the pros of working with an attorney early on in your business? Yes. So one of the main pros that I see is avoiding big issues with collaborations and with ownership over your intellectual property. Most of the people who come to me, 
you know, crying, really upset in a, in a terrible position, mm. it's either someone has copied their idea, copied their business, you know, taken their secret sauce. They didn't have ownership over it. They didn't have an NDA. They didn't have any agreements in place to make it clear who owned what. And similarly with partnerships that go left, people who were best friends, people who were family, people who went to school together, you know, a lot of love between them. They're excited. The endorphins are flowing. They start this amazing business venture together and it goes great until it doesn't. You know, it might be two months, it might be two years, it might be 10 years. But at some point, they never actually put everything in writing. They never had the proper documentation in place. So now they're at a point where they want to part ways. You know, maybe that relationship has gone a little sour. And now it's a huge mess because who owns what? Who has control over what? People taking money out of bank accounts, shutting mm. people out, just doing things that... I'm sure when they started this business together, they never foresaw them doing to each other, right? So I tell people, it's like a prenup. While you love each other, let's put down on paper, <laughs> you know, worst case scenario. If we ever did part ways, what would that look like? Let's define those roles. You know, let's define that control, those responsibilities and duties to the partnership so that we can hold each other accountable. And so that no matter what, we have clarity that we both agreed to this specific situation because I can't tell you how many times people are just like, oh, I don't remember saying that. Oh, you know, I, I don't I don't know if that was what I meant when I agreed to this on both sides. Right. And it's not always like a huge issue, but sometimes yeah. it is. Sometimes it's like, was it 50 50 or was it 70 30? Mm. That's a big difference. Oh, and, yeah. you know, it starts to feel like, oh, are you gaslighting me? Are you manipulating me? Because one person is very clear that it was 50-50 and the other person is holding their foot steady saying it's supposed to be 70-30, right? So you can see how that could easily be avoided if you had it in writing. So so, so you're saving relationships. <laughs> oh, all the time. It's, it's my goal to save relationships. So that's one of the, the main pros of collaborating with an attorney on the front end is that they really encourage you. And I'll speak for myself. I really encourage my clients to over document, right? To mm. protect themselves in that way, to have all the details laid out, everything signed so that if anything goes left in the future, we mm. have this foundation of clarity and understanding. And then the same thing with intellectual property ownership. When people start out, they create something. People are so creative. I love <laughs> to see, you know, the the products, the names, the slogans, the brands that my clients create. They're amazing. And they think like, oh, you know, I'm small. It's not a big deal. Or they think, you know, no one, everybody knows this is me. Like I clearly did this. Everybody knows it's me. I emailed myself. I mailed myself something. And that's proof that I created it. Okay. That doesn't mean the federal government is necessarily going to back recognize it. it right? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't yeah. mean the federal government is going to recognize it. Maybe in the streets. Yeah. Everybody knows. Maybe you have all the Instagram receipts that back in 2010, you were the first one to say this phrase, right? That doesn't mean you own it. Right. So just understanding that when you build a business around a brand or intellectual property that you don't own, you are leaving yourself open. You're leaving yourself vulnerable to other people taking your idea. Yeah. Right. And I like to use Apple as an example. Apple is a really strong trademark. 
So if you could take that Apple logo and put it on whatever you wanted, you know it's going to sell out. You know there's going to be a line around the block. You know, it's going to go viral because everybody wants the next Apple product. And that's how I demonstrate the way the entire value of your business is captured in the brand. So if mm. you don't own that brand, anybody can start siphoning off your yeah. value. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're in e-commerce. I saw that all the time starting uh, when I w- when I first started. I was a full time entrepreneur I was selling Amazon FBA. And if you didn't get that trademark, you know, you're, you're subject to hijackers on your listings and Amazon allows it because you didn't have the trademark. All right. Wow. So, yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying. And you, you mentioned like a prenup. Now, I think continuing with that analogy in when things are good and that's the best time to sign a prenup. But that's also the time where people are like, oh, well, you want me to sign a prenup? So I feel like also things are good. And then you're like, okay, well, let's, you know, you can speak to my attorney. Oh, you want to bring an attorney? Like, I feel like, do you see that happen too? And how do you uh, mitigate that? Because people are like, oh, you're bringing an attorney into this. And then, you know, they start feeling like, oh, offended and all that type of stuff. How do you help your client to mitigate that? Yes. So... Unfortunately, there is this perception that by not having a contract, that shows that we trust each other, right? Where I encourage my clients to explain, number one, we sign contracts all the time. When you go to a restaurant, they bring you that checkout. You know you sit there and go through it and make sure that, you know, did they charge you extra for the guacamole? Did they bring out the iced tea that you asked for? Like, oh, no, y'all never brought my iced tea out. You know, take that off the bill. And then you sign it. Keep that same energy. You would sign at a restaurant to be clear on what you ate, what you didn't eat, how much it cost, all those things, how much tip you want to leave. It's the same thing. If we're doing business together. I want you to be able to hold me accountable. I want to bring you out a receipt and say, be clear on what I served you, how much I charged you. I want to be transparent. And so I tell people to explain it as you're allowing the other person to hold you accountable. Right. Mm. And again, that is just like signing a receipt at a restaurant. We're just putting everything out there to be clear, to be upfront, to be transparent and make sure that we're both on the same page. Got it. I love that. I love that. So before we move on to opportunities in our pop segment, I want to ask you a question because this came up with a friend of mine and she had hired somebody and they did the work. Then she kept them on for a longer period of time. And then the the relationship started to deteriorate. And she was, you know, letting them know what's going on and saying, I don't think it's going to work out. So then they went back and deleted like the entire website, the entire everything that they had done that she was already paid that they, you know, was already paid for months before. Would having an attorney help in those situations when, you know, your employment agreement and then somebody does something wrong an employee does something wrong in your business? Would having an attorney early help with that as well in that type of situation? Yes. So again, I can only speak for myself, but as an attorney, I like to be thorough. And I talk to my clients about all these things, about what could go wrong. Let's talk about the worst case scenario. You hire somebody to build your website and then later on they delete the whole website because they're mad, right? Things like that. So 
I do a whole thought exercise with my client where we sit down and we talk about all these things. And for me, I'm bringing in, you know, my 10 years of legal experience and then, you know, my lifelong experience of, you know, business and relationships and highlighting Mm -hmm. some other things that they may not even be thinking about, you know, in addition to things I've experienced with clients you know, friends, other situations. So it's really important to have an attorney who's going to sit down, you know, ahead of time and Mm. walk you through all those potential types of scenarios. The other thing I notice is that I have clients who like to use me basically as security and intimidation. So Uh. let everybody know, hey, I have an attorney on the team. Don't play me, right? She's Mm. thorough. She's on it. You're going to be speaking with her. She's going to be reaching out to you just to let you know she's part Mm. of the squad. And Mm. I'm happy to do that. If you want me, you know, (laughs) to (laughs) let your clients know, to let your team know that I am involved in that, you know, I'm I'm watching or however you want to put it. I think that helps um, people understand that, okay, like I understand my rights, um, I'm thorough, I'm going to have my attorney look at everything, and my attorney is ready for battle. I am a litigator. I've been in court for the past 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. That's something that not every attorney can say, that you've actually done trials, that you've actually had expert witnesses on the stand, that you've actually made people cry on the stand several times. So mm-hmm. really understanding that your attorney has your back, having other people understand that relationship that you have with your attorney, I think helps. And I don't mind being the big bad wolf. You know, back to what you were saying about people not wanting to sign a contract, I tell them, blame it on me. Tell them Mm. your attorney is making you do this and tell them they can call me if they want to discuss it further, right? So I do think it helps to have an attorney early on because we've seen things like that, unfortunately. You know, you you bringing up this example of somebody deleting a website, that's not the first time I've heard of something like that, unfortunately, right? So an attorney like me, I'm thinking about that when you're hiring me to help you with your business, when you're telling me everything that's going on. And that's Mm -hmm. another thing I want to highlight. You have to find an attorney that you're comfortable being completely honest with, right? And talking about all the details. Because if I don't know that you're hiring someone to build your website, if I don't know that you're doing this collaboration with your cousin on the side, right, then I can't help you go through all those possible scenarios that we need to protect you from. So I, you know, I love for people to tap in. I'm very accessible. I'm on social media, but I always tell people, if it's not me, find somebody, right? It doesn't, it doesn't have to be me, but you need to find somebody that you're comfortable with so they can help you. Definitely. And I see a great question that I want us to get to answer for sure is uh, what are some legal loopholes that most entrepreneurs encounter when running their businesses? But before you answer that, maybe you're already going to mention it when you talk about opportunities and problems. So let's go into opportunities, then we'll come back to this question. So opportunities for an entrepreneur dealing in, you know, in the legal space, getting an attorney, what are the opportunities that exist there? And maybe some of the loopholes as well. Yeah, there are so many opportunities. So again, Bees, you're one of my favorite clients. I have so many amazing clients that are doing so many amazing things. So like I said, I patronize the vast majority of my clients, right? Mm -hmm. And I also collaborate with a lot of my clients. So when my clients have followings, just like we're doing right now, um, you have the opportunity to share your attorney 
with your your clients, even your staff, your team, you know, help level everybody up. Right. So it's like I'm your attorney and we got great things going on. And the fact that you're open to sharing me with everybody else so that they can get the information, even if they're not able to hire me, just have the awareness and the exposure. Right. This is entrepreneurship exposed. You want to be exposed to legal support, what that means, what to look out for. So I find that my clients are putting their team up on game. Right. So you have the opportunity to bless a ton of people when you really find an attorney that you like and you want to share them and share the knowledge, share the loopholes, share the game that you're getting with the people around you, be that your clients, your followers, you know, even your own staff. So there's a lot of opportunity for collaboration because a lot of people have courses, ebooks, things like that. So I can contribute. I can contribute a legal perspective to what they're creating. And that adds a lot more weight and it's just a lot more thorough to what they want to explain to people, what they want to teach, what they want to share. And, you know, the information and background that they don't have. So I always tell people, I don't expect you to be a legal expert. I just expect you to connect with one, right? You You don't have to know all the loopholes. You just need to know, like this gentleman did, to ask for some loopholes from an attorney. So (laughs) I'm going to share with you one of my favorite things that I do not see enough people doing, right? And I do this a lot. I do this a lot. It's really important to me. And I think people consider it a loophole. So what happens is, you know, we talked about those situations where people weren't protected on the front end. They didn't have an attorney on the front end. So now something's gone wrong. Unfortunately, it happens, right? A business partnership breaks up, an employee, you know, goes rogue and starts messing things up. Now you're in a position where you probably need to sue that person. You probably need to initiate a lawsuit. What I want to be very clear about is that lawsuits are very expensive, especially when you're dealing with business disputes, right? So I like to be clear because this is entrepreneurship exposed. And I know for a lot of people, this is a brand new exposure, right? You, a lot, most people have a job. Most people are W-2 employees. You know, they, they go to someone else's business and they work there. So I just like to clarify that if you work in a place and you are being mistreated, something is, is not right, you know, and unfortunately that happens a lot. Those lawsuits oftentimes are lawsuits that attorneys will take on a contingency basis, meaning you don't pay money up front. You give the attorney a larger percentage of the win on the back end, right? So I don't want anybody to feel like I'm being mistreated. My rights are being violated by a company, by the government, and Mm. there's nothing I can do about it because I can't afford to sue. I want to encourage everybody, always ask, always reach out. There are so many cases that attorneys do for free up front, and then they take a bigger percentage, sometimes 30, 35, 40% on the back end, but it's worth it because hopefully they got you a million dollar settlement, right? And you mm-hmm. would have had to pay them, you know, a lot of times six figures to get to that point, right? Mm-hmm. So litigation is expensive. So in a lot of situations where it's business partners fighting each other, an attorney's going to want 50K to start. Right. That is cost prohibitive for a lot of people, even when you're in the right, 
even when you know the the facts are clear it's still a lot of work a lot of time a lot of energy for an attorney to actually handle a lawsuit so people think oh well the facts are so clear it's it's so you know i'm right so an attorney should do my case for free that's not always how it works especially if there's not a big company on the other side who can potentially foot that bill on the back end for the attorney right because the attorney is putting up that money if you're not paying me my 50k then i'm spending my own 50k to file this lawsuit and to hire the expert witnesses and to hire an investigator and get the evidence and pay the court fees all these things so that being said i want to make it clear that it is so much more strategic to hire an attorney on the front end not the back end so let's get to those loopholes so again on the front end we're talking a couple hundred couple thousand on the back end we're talking tens of thousands minimum right i've never done a lawsuit for less than 30k okay and mm. i won't so you know, I, I love you. I care about you. I feel for whatever the situation is, but the amount of work, the amount of energy, the amount of stress, it, it's expensive. So yeah. one of the things that I do for my clients that they love, and that is a loophole, is I account for breaches in my contract. What am I, what am I saying? What am I talking about? Account for breaches? What does that mean? Right? Mm -hmm. It's not quite legalese, but I get it. Let me break it down. What I'm saying is that as humans, we are consequence-based, right? If I tell you don't do any, do something, you're going to say, so what if I, what happens, right? So if you don't have the consequences spelled out in your agreement, you're leaving yourself open, huge, huge vulnerability. So let me give an example. I like to use photography, right? And photographers as an example, because almost everybody has hired a photographer at this point, right? If you have a business, if you know, you're online, you're building your brand, you're going to need some type of photography for yourself, for your product, for your business. Mm -hmm. So let's say you want to put something in writing because I'm your attorney, right? And I, I have you operating in a legitimate, thorough way. You want to have a contract that says how much you're paying the photographer, what time they're showing up, when they're going to deliver your photos, all those details, right? We're going to put all those details in the agreement. And I see a lot of people, you know, using an email, using text message. You want to level up. You want to actually have a document that they sign that has this laid out, right? And so I see people creating contracts based on templates and, you know, just doing their best. And I love to see that. If, if you're not going to do um, the most thorough thing, which is to hire an attorney, at least try to put something in writing, right? It doesn't have to be legalese. It can be plain English. What I don't see people doing is putting in the consequences. So what happens if that photographer doesn't show up? What happens if they were supposed to deliver the photos in 10 days and they deliver them in 20 days, right? Mm. What, what happens? Do you mm. have the time, energy, resources to hire an attorney to sue that person because your photos were late or because they showed up late or because they didn't show up, right? What did, what did that cost you? So being able to put those details in the agreement, if you don't show up at 8.30 a.m. on this day at this location, you owe me this and we're both signing. You're agreeing to that, right? That makes it much more attractive for an attorney or a collections agency to say, oh yeah, I'll help you with that because it's in writing and they signed it. Not just I'm supposed to do this for this amount of money, but I've also signed 
this is the responsibility and duty and consequence if I don't. Right. So that's a really important loophole to put into the agreement, because now we don't have to go to a judge and convince the judge that you not showing up is worth two thousand dollars. Right. Because your attorney is going to say, your honor, they offered to reschedule. You know, I'm just going to give them their three hundred dollars back that they paid for the photo shoot. Yeah. And it's just like, no. What was at stake? Was this a photo shoot with me and Kanye? Did you mess up my Kanye shoot? You yeah. owe me that, right? <laughs> I never thought of that. I never thought about even something as simple as the, you know, your photography agreement with your photographers because you know, I use them all the time, and you know, some be good, some not so good, and different things happen. So that's that's really good advice. Now I'll tell you my favorite loophole it's kind of more on the tax side but you know and i i I did this with you i think last year too is at least in one company you want to prepay some of your legal fees for the next year because legal fees are 100 percent deductible right so if it's 100 percent deductible in your business and you know you need an attorney and you made x amount of profit and you don't want to have a huge tax bill on that profit well, now you could prepay legal fees for the following year so that you have a lower tax bill for that current year. Yes, right. that is an awesome opportunity and loophole. Legal services are 100% tax deductible in your business. So exactly what B said, as the year is winding down and you're using you know tax strategy to make sure that you don't have a huge bill, Prepaying for legal services, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. Get that attorney locked in. You know, save yourself some money on taxes. It's definitely a win-win. Mm, there you go. So, so final segment of the pop is problems, right? And we've kind of already been talking about that—the problems that you face if you don't have an attorney. But just, are there any, is there anything else that someone needs to look out for um, in the legal space? Because, for example. We talk about attorneys, we immediately start thinking about suing, right? But it could have just been the the example that I gave with my friend and the employee, and they didn't live up to something, and then they deleted, you know, um, IP, right? So even in there, there's problems. It's not just like, oh, a customer didn't like this, so now I'm suing or they suing. It could just be internal inside of the business itself, right? But are there any other problems that you... I think people should really be aware of, entrepreneurs should be aware of. Yeah. Unfortunately, I hear people talk about, just like you said in in some of the comments, talk about not having a good experience with attorneys. Mm -hmm. So it's often a problem finding the right attorney for you. And that's Mm -hmm. why I like to emphasize, find somebody that you're comfortable with because it should feel comfortable. You know, there's definitely this stereotypical idea of a lawyer being an older white man, right? And for some people, that's not who they want to kick it with. That's not who they feel comfortable speaking with. So they already have this idea that I have to hire an attorney, but I'm not going to enjoy it. These conversations are not going to be enjoyable. It's going to be work. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be, you know, displeasurable. Right. So get that idea out of your head. Find someone who gets you, who speaks your language, who you feel comfortable speaking with. Right. That you have trust with. Um, You know, I always feel some type of way when I hear, you know, 
urban artists bragging about having a Jewish lawyer or this lawyer or that lawyer that's mm. outside their own community. And it's just like, nobody loves you more than me. Nobody mm. is going to protect mm. you more than the right person in your own community. Yes. So it's like, do business with people that you actually would want to hang out with, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're talking to somebody and it's not somebody that you feel comfortable with, that probably shouldn't be your attorney. And you may think, mm -hmm. oh, well, I don't want to hang out with a shark, but I want a shark on my team. Okay. A lot of times the relationship that you have with your attorney is very intimate. So you need to have a shark that you would feel comfortable swimming with. So if you're worried that that shark is too vicious, then you need to understand that they might bite you. Ooh. So many times I have heard of stories where people, you know, they feel like their attorney's overcharging them. They yeah. feel like their attorney's working with the other side in a lawsuit, mm. right? They hired the attorney to sue somebody and the attorney is buddies with the other lawyer and they're collaborating in a way that's not helping the client. Because sometimes yeah. it's good for your attorney to be friends with the other attorney if they're working for you, if yeah. you trust them that they're working on your best interests. So I want everybody to start now because it might not be the first two or three attorneys that you talk to that you feel like, okay, this is who I want on my team. Because again, mm. it should be an intimate relationship. You should be able to talk to their clients. Look at me and bees, right? If you are talking to an attorney, I highly encourage you to ask them for the contact information of some of their other clients. So you can get real feedback. If you don't see their clients, you know, happy, thriving, you know, promoting them like, yeah, this is a great attorney. This is working out. That should tell you something. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't just assume that people are having a good experience because this person, you know, has the degree. Mm -hmm. Right. It yeah. is really important, I think, to get actual referrals from real people, real clients that have worked mm -hmm. with this attorney and understand what those results were and how they felt. Right. So I think a problem can be trusting the wrong attorney. Right. Yeah. You want to make sure that you cultivate that relationship. You want to make sure that attorney actually cares about you and actually is qualified and talented and available. Because mm -hmm. I will say we get busy. Mm -hmm. I, I got work to do after this. Like it clients typically have a lot of needs. So yeah. it's really important that you're working with an attorney who has the time, the capacity to help you and that that wants to, that wants mm -hmm. to see you win. It's not just looking at you like a number, right? Like you're going to be in and out. It's like, no, I want to be on this journey with you. And we talk about KPIs, key performance indicators, um, you know, for, for everybody out there being exposed to entrepreneurship. You want to have some sort of metrics to gauge how you're doing in business, right? So for mm -hmm. me, as an attorney, <laughs> one of my metrics that I use is does this client let me in? Mm -hmm. Do they run things past me? And mm -hmm. am I invited to the cookout? Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> if I see you posted, you know, a barbecue and we live in the same town and I didn't get an invite, I was like, okay, I need to work on building my relationship with that client more because I want to be all the way on the inside. I'm all the way on the team. I'm in the family, you know, me and grandma over here high-fiving. That's what I want. Um, well, so for me as an attorney, that's how I hold myself accountable. And 
I have to turn clients away because I don't have the time and energy to give that to everybody. Well, you're invited to my 4th of July cookout. I'm letting you know it from now. It's like, uh, cross country. <laughs> but, but if you want to come, hey, we're going to have a great time. Hey, if um, you're going to be on the grill, I might pull up. No, I ain't going to be on no grill. I don't, I don't <laughs> be on no grill no more. I used to love being on a grill, but nope. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I cater. What? <laughs> I, I, I get catering. Oh, you should see when I have my crepes um, caters that come and they make unlimited crepes, savory and sweet. Ooh, everybody be loving that. <laughs> um, this is some rapid fire Q&A too, right? As we wrap this up now, because it's great information. I see that we did have another question about, oh, well, here's one on there right now. What are some good examples of consequences to use for these contracts? So you want to be detailed. Number one, you want your money back, right? On certain things. So if the person doesn't show up, if they're excessively late, you want to recoup what you paid. And then you want the penalty to be proportional, right? So if I hired you to take my headshots and all I'm going to do is post them on Instagram, then it shouldn't be a million dollar consequence, right? But with that Kanye example, if I needed you to document me and Kanye doing something together and you did not show up, that might be a six, seven figure consequence because of the opportunity that was missed. So don't go overboard, but do be as specific as possible. And and again, it doesn't need to be legalese, plain English. I'm paying you $300 for this photo shoot. If you don't show up by this time, my $300 is coming back to me. Like, and you owe me this by this date in this manner, you know, how do you want to be paid? All those details um, are really important. So great question. Make sure that the consequence is actually fitting for the circumstance, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always have to be money or it doesn't only have to be money. It can also be an action. Like if, Mm -hmm. if this photo shoot doesn't occur on this date at this time, then, you know, the next two that we had scheduled, because maybe we had monthly scheduled, will be free. You'll be doing the next one free of charge in addition to giving me my money back for this one. You know, mm-hmm. things like that. So just think about it, you know, from your perspective, what do you want it to be? What feels just to you? And again, the other person has to sign it. So I can't say, you know, you owe me your first child or anything crazy. <laughs> it has to be reasonable. It has to fit the situation. There we go. There we go. All right. Rapid fire. Next question. Let's see. We got. So when we have minor life and business issues, do you recommend any services like Legal Shield online services? So I, I have to say, personally, I haven't used Legal Shield and I haven't heard much about it as far as people raving like, oh, yeah, Legal Shield mm-hmm. came through for me. So it's not something that I can personally recommend. But just like with an attorney, I want to see some receipts. Yeah. Right. So if you know somebody who can tell you I had Legal Shield, I have this problem, Legal Shield, fix it, give it a try. I wouldn't spend my money on it. Because again, I think it's important for the attorney to have a real relationship Relationship. with the client, right? Because I want to grow with you. I want to build with you. I want to collaborate. I want to find all those hidden opportunities. I think Legal Shield, from my understanding, is, you know, a web service where you just go tell them what you need and, you know, it's a little more automated versus most of my clients, when we're having a conversation, they don't know exactly what they need. And again, that's where that trust comes in. I just need you to tell me everything. And then we can start discussing where I see opportunities for legal support. 
There we go. There we go. I love that. And one last question. Let's see if we got one more rapid fire Q&A. Okay, perfect one. Oh, no, no. We got this one already. We had this one already. Here we go. Uh, Entrepreneurs should also leverage attorneys to establish terms and conditions. Is this something that your firm also assists with? I can answer that for you, but I'll let you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I love to say that I'm an attorney who practices what I preach. So just like B says, I'm also an entrepreneur, right? I also have a business. So I have disclaimers. I have terms and conditions. I do them for myself. And yes, I do them for clients. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So tell, tell everybody where they can find you again. You know, what's the name of your law firm and what's the best place for uh, potential clients to find you? Yes. So the best place to reach me is legends at law.com. My Instagram handle is also here. Um, legends at law on Instagram and also Rosetta Upshaw, just my first and last name. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm very, very Googleable. You'll see pictures of me playing bass. <laughs> you buy me all sorts of things for my law firm. <laughs> Like, oh gosh, I sent everybody out there. Um, For my law firm, if you want to get on my calendar, if you want to speak to an attorney on my team, go to legendsatlaw.com. That's legendsatlaw.com, right? And you can book a consultation. They're free right now. I don't know when you're going to be watching this. It might not be that way by the time you get there. But right now it's free because I see that there's such a need People just, you know, need to have some exposure and a conversation with an attorney. It's attorneys who answer and, you know, in my business. And that's really important because I want everybody, again, to feel comfortable and to have a good experience talking with an attorney. So everybody on my team is excited for you and really, you know, heartfelt in that supportive role. All right. Awesome. And that's Legends AT law.com my team put it up with the at symbol but i just want to make sure there you go legends at law.com for sure and since we had this one last question i just just want to get that one answered too so are you like a general practice type of attorney that's the question so when it comes to business yes because again i am really on the team of my clients so as we grow together as different things come up I'm equipped to handle most things that come up, right? Because again, I have a litigation background. If we got to go to war, let's strap up and go to war, right? Typically, I tell people that my business is focused on business law. So that's primarily formation, setting up corporations, setting up LLCs, um, that's contracts, partnership agreements, non-disclosure agreements, you know, lease agreements, all sorts of paperwork. I like to call it, you know, more money, more paperwork. And then also intellectual property. So that's trademarks, copyrights primarily. Um, I do have patent law attorneys in my network. So when my clients are really creating something special, you know, I plug them in with awesome, awesome patent law attorneys. So primarily business, but, you know, for my clients, I establish trust, domestic trust, foreign trust. You know, we do a lot of creative, strategic things, you know, because, again, we're leveling up. So any way I can help my clients level up, I am the level up lawyer. I'm going to get it done. And this level up lawyer practices what she preaches because you are leveling up by acquiring businesses, aren't you? Yes, I am. And guess who is helping me in that? (laughs) Take one guess. 
<laughs> let's go let's go that's what i said you know rosetta is my attorney but we also partnered up on different things and i'm helping her to acquire businesses so i asked every guest on the podcast this and i mean you pretty much answered it but let's get let's ask it anyway right i'm creating a challenge for this decade the trillion dollar challenge and at the end of this decade i want to sit in a room at a table with people who look like me and we have a trillion dollars assets under management. Will you be at that table? Oh yes. Yes. A thousand times. Yes. Uh, a trillion times. <laughs> yes. I'm going to be at the table. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. And one of the ways that will get you there is business acquisitions, buying business. Yes. I'm so excited to be acquiring businesses. My goal, and you know, I like to be held accountable. I would like to acquire five businesses this year. And I, I'm so thankful that I have you because I'm going to need you. I'm going to need your support on that goal. Um, and, you know, you've been so gracious and just such an expert in the space. I feel really privileged to be in this position to be helping you and you're helping me. So we're definitely mm -hmm. growing together. And yeah, a trillion dollars. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, Rosetta, listen, thank you so much for joining today. It's another great conversation. Like you said, we always have some amazing conversations. <laughs> you know, we can't share it all in public just yet, but, <laughs> but you know, they get a little taste today, right? So can I, I want to, yeah. I want to give your audience uh, a little gift. So one thing, again, that I, I'm just now sharing is that I'm creating an entirely new revamped trademark course, right? So I created a trademark course to help people who don't have the budget to hire attorneys to handle all their trademarks because most people need more than one and they don't realize it till they start the process that one is not enough. It's very cost prohibitive. So for your audience only, I am going to give them this trademark course that is going to be on sale for $500 for free. So <laughs> only the people in, in your audience that, that you send me can have access to this course. Because again, I, I want to be supportive. I want to encourage people. And, you know, I believe in abundance. So when you get your trademark locked down, when your your business is booming, you know, I'm there to help you again with those phone calls. Rosetta, this is a $2 million deal. Can you help me? Yes. Okay. Right. So I'm, I'm happy to provide this support and especially to you bees we have such an awesome relationship so i want to do this for your audience specifically this is a, a virtual course right so it, it cost me nothing for your audience to tap in and learn this game oh that is so awesome did y'all just hear that you get the whole bees in advance <laughs> yeah i knew nothing about this so this is what's up we will have the link in the description uh, of the video on YouTube, as well as the podcast uh, streams on each uh, platform, we'll have the link so that you could get that trademark course from Rosetta for free. Woo! Thank you, Rosetta. Much love. I appreciate you. You know, I, I did see one last question that I got to ask too. And uh, it was basically they were asking if you were across states. And yes, Rosetta's in California. I'm in Florida. So I'm a perfect example of that. So you do business law yes. for entrepreneurs right. across the entire country? 
I have clients across the nation and actually across the globe, right? So with business, especially now, we're in an internet age, we're in a digital age. So as soon as you create a website, you have a global business. People are, you know, are not really understanding that. So yes, as an attorney, I have to be able to help clients everywhere because your your customers are everywhere, your audience is everywhere. So the way it works specifically in business is that there's a lot of federal law, right? So when we're talking trademarks, we're talking federal trademarks. So that's the same across all 50 states. It's the same law. So I'm able to do everybody's trademarks and again, create this course for everybody to be empowered to do their own trademark application because it's federal law and it applies to all 50 states. And then when it comes to contracts and business negotiation, you put it in writing, right? Where are we doing business? Mm -hmm. Where is the law going to apply? So in Certain clients, if they're in Georgia, then Georgia law applies. And that's what we put in the agreement. So I am able to handle, you know, that aspect of business law because it's what two people are agreeing to. Right. Mm -hmm. And other people, um, a lot of people also aren't aware that even though my license to practice law is in California, I'm still able to go to court in any state I choose because we are number one federal courts again apply the law is the same everywhere in a federal court so every state has federal courts right mm -hmm. and then also i can collaborate with an attorney in that state if mm -hmm. the lawsuit is pertaining to state law right so mm -hmm. i have cases where it's outside of california but again i have friends i'm an award-winning attorney i have you know contacts all over the nation i was a national scholar in my first year of practicing you mm. know top 40 under 40 in the nation and things like that all that to say i'm able to connect with attorneys wherever i need to to be able to service my clients wherever i need to awesome awesome well thank you again rosetta this has been another amazing episode of entrepreneurship exposed and we have exposed the law. Thank you, Rosetta. Thank I you. To much, much more with you and a, a longer and stronger relationship and partnership. Let's yes, we got a lot to do. I got to lock down at least five billions, at least five businesses and a trillion dollars so I get to this table. <laughs> <laughs> we got some work to do, right? And if all of y'all out there, if you're interested in buying businesses, make sure you check out the Business Builders Institute. You can check me on IG Business Builder Bees. And from there, you could get to the Business Builders Institute uh, where you can learn to buy businesses with no money out of your pocket as well, utilizing a strategy called LBOs, leverage buyouts. It's changing the game. It's changing our community. And Rosetta is going along for that ride with us. So let's make it happen. All right. So make sure you guys like and subscribe on all platforms. Keep checking out Entrepreneurship Exposed, where we're going to bring conversations like this and so much more to the average people. Let's go. Bye. Thank you so much for Bye. having me, Bees. Thanks, Rosetta. Fun.